little bit and we're going to lay some foundation here for tonight and in the upcoming weeks. Let's talk about the fear of the Lord. Isaiah 33, now there's a huge difference between the spirit of fear and the fear of the Lord. We can't get those mixed up. But the fear of the Lord, it's how I reverence Father God and how I view Father God. You know, if you were ever in a conversation in your life, how does it make you feel when you're speaking to people that you feel like you don't have their undivided attention? You feel like, man, their eyes are roaming. They're, they're, they're bored with what you're saying. I'll tell you how we would like it. None of us would like it at all. And so do you think the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, do you think he likes to come in here when he's not reverenced and honored? I don't believe so. I believe he wants us to reverence him and honor him. And I believe it's very important, guys, we, we learn this, to, to understand what the fear of the Lord is. God is not someone we, speak, we, we treat casually or commonly. That he is to be worshipped and adored and even feared. A godly fear. Isaiah 33. Now we're going to hit this pretty quick here to lay a foundation. Verse 5. The Lord is exalted. For he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Now, the, the one translation says there, Zion's treasure is the fear of the Lord. So when I look at this, the fear of the Lord is the key to unlock the treasures, the salvation, the wisdom, and the knowledge that God's provided. God wants to do this. And so you want to tap into the blessings of salvation? You want to tap into what he said there as far as wisdom and knowledge? Begin to live with the reverential fear. Begin to say, oh, Father God, I pray, I pray there's a fear of you within me. There is a holy fear within me. Look back just a couple pages to, to uh, Isaiah chapter 29. Isaiah 29. Look at verse 13. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths, and they honor me with their lips. In other words, they talk the talk. They make a big deal of saying the right things, but they have removed their hearts far from me. So you know what he's saying? We can, we can talk the talk. We can come in here and yak all day, but is my heart really there to honor him? Is it there to, to, to praise Him, to reverence Him? And He says, but they have removed their hearts from me and their fear or their reverence toward me is taught by the commandments or the rules of men. Now He exhorts us to fear God and right here He, he also puts on there that we are to reverence Him. That means to stand in awe, guys. I don't believe God takes a lot of uh, pleasure when we come in here and praise and worship and we just put our hands in our pockets, we sit there and text, our minds daydream about the events of the day or tomorrow, I believe God is wanting us to come in here and give Him uh, undivided attention say, Lord, we're going to honor you tonight. Not only with my lips, but the way I reverence you. And, and this is big in our society right now. 
Turn with me to uh, the, the 89th Psalm. Psalm 89. The fear of the Lord is to obey the Lord. And when I start obeying God, guys, I'm going to tell you, it, it shows there's a reverential fear within me. Psalms 89, verse 6. For who in the heavens can compare to the Lord? Now, here's a question he asks. Can the angels compare to the Lord? No. You know why? Because God's the one who created the angels. Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened to the Lord? Now, here's a big question mark right there. Who of the sons of man can be likened to? Not. You know why we can say that? Because God created every one of us, even the new pope. He's just the man. And I'm not downplaying that, guys, but here's the question he asks us. Who can compare? None can compare to him. And then we jump to verse 7. It says, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints. He's to be feared. And he goes on to say, and to be held in reverence by all those around him. And so we're exhorted here. To not only fearing, but to reverencing. And you know, here's an illustration of really what the fear of the Lord was. The fear of the Lord in our lives sometimes going to be related to maybe as a, as a father. That I, have a, I had a reverential fear of the Lord, a reverential fear of my father. Which was a good thing. And it wasn't that my father was going to knock me around and do stuff. But when my father told me, that you better have that trash taken out before I got home. I had a fear because I knew if I didn't. And so once again, the fear of the Lord is to obey the Lord. Well, it's the same with my father, my earthly father. When I obeyed my earthly father and I feared, I feared him, my life was well. My daddy was like, that a boy, you know, thank you. See, I believe that's how Father God was. How much more? Now, when we talk about these things, how does the fear of the Lord, how can it look like, because I believe this, fear of, of the Lord must be humanity standard. It must be that way, and we can't substitute God with a counterfeit. Anytime we try to substitute the things of God with a counterfeit, it leads to bad. It leads to no good. And I believe this, guys, that's why the United States of America is in the shape we're in right now. There's such a lack of fear of God. Hey, people don't fear God a bit. And so I believe right here in the church, we got to get back to this. Now, go, go with me to Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32, right there in the front. Genesis, then Exodus. You know, in, in Psalm 111, it says that uh, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of wisdom. And the fear of the Lord, it leads me to walk in His ways. When I fear God, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk in his ways. And because I realize this, this is the God who the day will come when he'll judge every one of us. Now, here we are, Exodus chapter 32. Begin with me in verse number 1. Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, and what Moses did, he went on, up on Mount Sinai, and his goal up there was he was going to get the word of the Lord. He was going to get direction. And so it says here that he delayed coming down from the mountain. So the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come make us gods. Now, 
It just shows right there that at times when people get impatient, you know what we usually do? We try to take things into our own hands. And any time I try to take things into my own hands, you know what I do? I make a mess of things. And God is a God of divine order. Everything God did was order. I mean, if you don't think there's order, just go out there tonight and you will see the sun go down and you'll see the moon come up. And you will see the stars come out. And you get up early enough tomorrow morning and you'll see the sun come. See, you know what God tells the sun when to rise and when to set. He's the God of order. How many of you have ever looked at a river and thought, why does it run that way? You know why? Because God said, run that way. So God's order. And so even in our own lives, that when we fear him is to obey him. And God says, I give you these guidelines and boundaries. And as human beings, when you obey him, it's going to be good with you. It's going to be well with you. But when I don't, man, it's not good. And so he delays coming down. And then they say, make gods that shall go before us. For as this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what had become of him. Now, uh, when, when humans try to do what they think is right, it, it creates a mess, like I said. And so here's this guy, Moses, and they think, we don't know what happened. We don't know if he quit. We don't know if he's AWOL. We don't know if he went on vacation. We don't know what's up with him. Verse 2. And Aaron, Moses' brother, said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. Now, you guys that are wearing earrings, it's biblical. See right there? I'm just kidding, okay? <laughs> it's okay. Verse 3, so all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and they brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and he made a molded calf. Now right there, this shows me two things. Number one, that Aaron feared man more than he feared God. And when you read some of the Jewish commentaries, every one of them said the reason Aaron did this because he was afraid, if I don't do what they ask me to do, they're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. So they make this golden half. Pick back up with verse 4. Then they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. This shows, guys, you're talking about a lack of reverence. Now, that word in verse 5 that says Lord, the Hebrew word for that is Jehovah. It's Yahweh. The existing, powerful, the, the proper name for God. So the essence of all this is these people, the Israelites, the chosen, they referred to this calf as Yahweh. And can you think what this did to, to, to Father God? They didn't refer to this calf as Baal or some false god. They referred to, to this calf as Yahweh. Now, just for time's sake, just here for a second. Put your finger right there and just go back a couple pages to Exodus 20. And when you get there, you're going to find out this is the Ten Commandments. Not the Ten Suggestions. He didn't say anything there about pick five, baby. That's all you do is obey five of them. No, 
It's the Ten Commandments. And God didn't give us those commandments to punish it. He gave us those for order. Now listen, listen to some of it says just in the first five verses. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Now think about that, guys, right here. God's character, it demands loyalty. And even right here when I read this, the, the believer is to demonstrate loyalty to Father God. He said, you shall have no other gods before you. In Deuteronomy, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. There is no other God, okay? I'm going to tell you guys, I don't serve the God of Islam. I don't serve Allah. I serve Yahweh. And so this is what he's telling them. And then he says in verse 4, You shall not make for yourselves a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, for that is in the water under the earth, and you shall not bow down to serve them, for I am the Lord your God, and I am a jealous God. Now we can jump back here to Exodus 32, and everything that Father God told Moses in the commandment, they broke it. They broke it. They created an image. They bowed before it. They worshipped it. I'm tell you, this all shows to me, guys, that is not a, a reverential fear of the Lord at all. And if you go back and look at verse 4, look at this. And he said, and they received the golden calf from the hand of fashion with engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. That calf didn't bring them out of Egypt. God brought them out of Egypt. So you know what they do? They lower God. And, and any time I read this, you know what my thought is? Why couldn't they at least made a lion? A calf? A calf isn't very vicious. But what happens here, guys, is they reduce God's greatness. They reduce God's image to that of a figure. Remember in Isaiah 29, 13, when he said there, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. I believe this is what was going on right here. Now look what keeps happening here in verse 6. Then they rose early on the next day. They offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. Verse 7, And the Lord said to Moses, Go get down for your people. Now look at that. God says, no, they're not mine. They're yours. For your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. Why? They did not obey God. And when I don't obey God, I don't fear God. And when I don't fear God, it becomes a self-inflicted Corruption that happens. Now you can think about this right now in our society. Let's get God out of our public schools. Let's kick him out. And so we did. And so what happens now is there's no fear of God. Let's kick him out of our judicial system, our courthouses. Let's get him out. 
And so this is what begins to happen. And we wonder why our, our nation is corrupt. I mean, I believe it's very important that every one of us, we have the things of God in front of us all the time. I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, but I'm old enough to remember the bulletin boards at the public schools that I went to. It had the Ten Commandments on them. And you would look at them and it would say, Thou shalt not lie. You say, we can't lie. God said, don't lie. And so now, I mean, you have children growing up that they don't realize that lie. Is something wrong with lying? Is it wrong to steal? So he says, they've corrupted themselves. Verse 8. They have turned aside quickly. Quickly. And I believe this goes back to even, it wasn't that far along that God had given Moses the Ten Commandments. It was almost like, hey, Moses, I just told them that recently. And they turn aside quickly. I'm telling you guys, this thing called Christianity, it's an endurance. It's a perseverance. It's to keep running. And that's what I want every one of us to know. If we'll live with a godly fear, it'll help me to keep running. It'll help us to stay on track. So he says here, so they've turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and they worshipped it and they sacrificed to it and they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people and indeed it is a stiff neck or a stubborn, stubborn people. Now therefore let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them and I will make of you a great nation. You can see right there, God doesn't take too kindly when we put things above him. And he said to Moses, because Moses honored him, he said, I'll make for you a nation. But the rest of them, they're going to be fried bacon if I have my way. They're going to sizzle. Look what happens. Then Moses pleaded with the Lord. And as God said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? So once again, God listens to Moses. And he relents his anger. Now pick up with me in time's sake, for time's sake in verse number 19. So it was as soon as he came near the camp, this was Moses, that he saw the calf and the dancing. So Moses became angry. He became hot. And he cast the tablets out of his hands and he broke them at the foot of the mountain. Then he took the calf which they had made. He burned it in the fire. He ground it to the powder. And he scattered it on the water. And he made the children of Israel drink it. Now look at that. Now, this is one man. There's about a million of them guys. Is how many there were. And Moses was ticked off. He was PO'd. He was personally offended. I mean, he rose up on the inside. It's like, how dare you? And I'll guarantee you guys, I believe it's healthy when we have people at times look at us and say, quit, knock it off. Don't do that. You know, when my father would tell me to knock it off, he told me that because he loved me. That's the same as, as, as Father God. That's the same way. So Moses is ticked. He breaks those tablets. He grinds up the old calf. He throws it in the water and says, drink it. Drink it. I'm tell you guys, they, they must have had a fear of even Moses. Verse 21. 
And Moses said to Aaron, his brother, What did this people do to you that you have brought such a great sin upon them? Look, I want you to notice those words. That you have brought such a great sin. When we don't reverence God, guys. When we don't live with the fear of the Lord and we break His commandments. Listen, it is sin. And I I believe Moses, I mean, I bet he was poking Aaron. Telling him, I'd like to rip your head off. You little gutless wonder. You need to rise up. You know better than that junk. And so look at Aaron's response here in verse 22. So Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. You know why they're set on evil? Because there's no fear of God. And that's the same in our society right now. There's no fear of God. And so when there's no fear of God, people are set on evil. They do wicked things. And this is a warning to the church, guys. I believe he wants us to wake up and understand we're not exempt from this. Plus, on the flip side, if you lived in the world very long, you found out the world was a dog-eat world. You know, if you're the, the, the head rat, all, you know, the, you win the rat race, all yours the head rat. So what? You're the head rat. And I lived all those years in the world. You know what the world brought me? A bunch of pain. A bunch of junk. And I'm telling guys, I love to, to, to serve God now. It's a joy to serve God. It's not hard for me to serve God. Was it in your earlier days? The only reason it was hard for me to serve God in my earlier days is because my stinking flesh had a lot of bad habits. It pouted. It didn't like it. But I started to understand I'm going to live with the fear of God. I'm going to honor God here. Look at the last verse of that chapter, verse 35. So the Lord plagued the people because of what they did with the calf which Aaron made. I want you to read that real close. For the Lord plagued them. Now a lot of times we look at that and we think, man, God was rugging them. No, 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 no. He clarifies why they, they were cursed. Because of what they did. Not what God did. It's what they did. And so because they dishonored Father God and didn't obey Him, they got the the, the self-inflicted curse. And how many people in our society, we want to blame God when we look, we don't want to obey Him. I want God to bless me, but I don't want to obey Him. I want to know I'm going to heaven, but I don't want to obey Him. How does this play out in the New Testament? Look with me to the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Remember what we read in in, in Psalms 89? He must be held in reverence. He must be honored. He must. So man, I encourage you, you, when you come in in the morning, you get up honoring. When you come in here in the church, I'm telling you guys, it ought to be with great honor. It ought to be with great honor. And even, even when you come into the house of the Lord, I encourage you, teach your children to honor the things of God, the house of the Lord. Teach them not to crawl over the, the pews. Teach them not to disrespect. You know why? And it, it's not because it doesn't bother. It doesn't bother me when kids do that as far as it's just a piece of furniture. But we need to teach our children to respect the things of God. 
This is a holy place. That don't come in here and, and treat it as common. Don't come in here and treat it like your living room at home where you have WWF, man. You're slinging your brother. Don't do that. Now, I, you know, guys, I'm, don't, don't think I'm going to get on your kids. I'm not going to do that. I realize it's a training ground, but I believe we ought to train them that way up. And that's how we ought to come in here. You know, when, when Moses was walking in the place, the Lord said to him, he said, listen to this is holy ground. This is holy ground. I like to think that. Romans chapter 1, verse number 18. You guys are getting quiet on me again here. Verse 18, Romans 1, 18. For the wrath of God, for the wrath, now think about that right there, the wrath of God. Now let's just talk about the love of God, Pastor. We like the love of God. That's good, good. But what about the wrath of God? So we don't want to, that's not a real popular topic. But I'm going to tell you, there is the wrath of God. He said there in the, in the, in the, in the Ten Commandments, in Exodus 20, verse 5, he said, I'm a jealous God. And you saw what got him ticked off. Keep reading here. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, which is wrongdoing. You want to see the wrath of God? Ungodliness and unrighteousness of who? Of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Now, what does that mean, guys? They try to hinder the truth. And any time we hinder the truth, you know what it breeds? Disobedience. When we look at people and don't tell them the truth and say, ah, what's the matter with a little sin? As long as it's just ever now and then, it's, it's okay. It's okay. So this is what he's talking about. That men come out and we try to interpret the Bible and think this is how it should be and this is what we should do. And anytime we get away from the things of God, I'm going to tell you, only the truth sets us free. So do I honor the Word of God? I believe, guys, we've got to get to this point. I don't care what Aunt Susie said. I don't care what Sister, Sister Longtongue says, Bro Brother Bucketmouth. I don't care what any of them says. If it doesn't line up with the B.I. Bill, I'm going to tell you guys, I've I got to get away from that stuff. This is how my life is. And when I say, ooh, I thank you, Father God. I'm honored to speak your word tonight. I'm honored to live my life after your word tonight. Ooh, you know, in our children's ministry, they'll teach them you to love your Bible. We love our Bible. We love the word of God. We love the truth. You should never despise the truth. Sometimes the truth will tick you off. It's annoyingly accurate. You've heard me say that. I mean, I'm looking at man, the truth. Whew. But I tell you, I love the truth of the word of God. Verse 19. Because what, be may, know, what may be name, known of God is manifest or evident in them, for God has shown it to them. From, from the beginning of time, God's shown it. His truth, His faithfulness. For the, since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah, I can't live with an excuse. Because although they knew God, they knew about God, they did not glorify him as God. It's one thing to know about God, and it's another thing to glorify him as God. And to, to glorify him as God, you know what I'm saying? You're the creation. You're the creator. 
I'm the creation. You're the potter. I'm the clay. My existence is because of you. In him I live and move and breathe and have my being. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. How many times a day do we get mad? Say, oh God, do you not see what I'm praying to? But what would happen if we just would go through a day and say, man, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm not a complainer. I'm thankful. I double dog dare you to try to do this tomorrow, to go through the whole day tomorrow and say, I'm thankful, Father. Thank you. Thank you for another day of life. Thank you it's a Thursday and I'm still here on earth. Thank you that my wife still loves me. Thank you that the church is. Thank you that my dog is. Thank you, Lord, that my bills are paid. Because what happens to us many times as human beings, we cater to the negative. We draw that way and we go, well, well. How many times have we got to get thankful? Let's just be thankful. And, Pastor, you are preaching good. <laughs> now, they were thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts. The word futile, guys, means empty, vain, foolish, useless, or confused. The Amplified says, foolish reasoning and stupid speculations. I like that. They became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. They had no fear of God. Verse 22. Professing or claiming to be wise, they became fools. They were, Ill, they were illiterate regarding life. Every one of us, guys, we're illiterate regarding life. We think we, think we got life figured out. We don't have life figured out. The only way I have life figured out is when I live by the word of God. I got to just stay there. I stay there. See, that's what God said to, Abraham, or to Adam and Eve. He said, listen, guys, all you got to do is this one thing. Just this one thing. And so God gave them the guidelines, gave them the guidelines. And you know what? They said the Garden of Eden was paradise. Man, there was no, there was no sin in the world. The animals wouldn't bite you. Actually, they'd come up and pet the tigers. Down, boy. Kick the elephant in the rear. He wouldn't do nothing. Why? All there was was blessings. That's all was going on. But what'd they do? They thought, we know better. We know better. And I'm going to tell you, when you get where you think you know better, get ready, Freddie, because life is going to slap you. Verse 23, and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible men, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Think about all this. They changed the incorruptible God. People worship men. People worship animals. Just go to India. People over there starving to death, and cows running everywhere. I'm a vegetarian, guys. I, I eat the cow that ate the grass. I'm a vegetarian. I'm going to tell you that right now. We have people that worship trees. They're tree huggers. The silver minnow. The gray wolf. I was in California a few years ago, and this guy was standing on the corner, and he said, hey, donate to some type of whale. 
They're about extinct. And I said, I could give a flip about the whale. Why don't you donate to save children? And he kind of looked at me like, what's he talking about? It's the truth. But you look at all this. This is what the Bible talks about right here. Keep reading verse 24. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. Amen. Ooh, this is where we got to get back to, guys, where we say, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to reverence God. And I encourage you when you come in here, I don't care if it's Wednesdays, Sundays, man, come in here and worship God. Let's honor Him. My prayer has been for this church is that we worship and we praise God. Well, you know, I don't like that song that Aaron picked out. Well, tough. It's not about you anyhow. We're singing to Jesus. Well, I, I hate when Jason bangs the drums. I was like, he bangs them too loud, Pastor. Well, well, get you some earphones. Wear some cotton in here. Because we're not banging the drums and they're not playing the guitar and they're not to, to impress us. And it's to praise God. It's to praise God. Stand up with me.